What's up, everybody? We're back, and we got another show, show number three. We got a special guest today, this guy I've known for a while. You're going to love some of his thoughts. I asked him if he'd be on the podcast because I know he's Mr. Soccer 305, um, and this guy has a lot to offer you guys. And um, yeah, just super cool dude, and I think he'll bring a lot of value, a lot of education, a lot of knowledge, and he's just been doing this for a while, so... Uh, Stay tuned for some more of my dog, Danny Pernat. Danny, my man, welcome to the Miami Youth Soccer Podcast. What's up, buddy? Thanks, man. Glad to be here. You say I'm a special guest, but I don't know. I mean, how many special guests have you had? Everybody's been a special guest. You know, I don't know how special I am if I'm number three. Hey, when you're building this thing, everybody's special, bro. (laughs) Until we get over like 100 guests, then I'm going to start hinting at that word. Okay, okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, man. So, So you guys know, listening, we're out here in Soccer Locker Team Uniform Store. And um, Danny does the uniforms uh, for for my soccer club, for Miami Temple. And so that's where we started connecting this summer. But I've known him for a while, uh, like since I was like 13 years old. Uh, his family is just legends when it comes to actually Miami youth soccer. And so he's just a super cool dude and I uh, wanted to bring him on. But Danny, I want you to start off just telling us a little bit of your origin story, man. How did it all get started when you were a kid? I imagine you were playing soccer from the beginning, your dad and everything like that. Uh, um, and just like, yeah, f- kind of fast forward us to where you are now. Well, okay. So, I mean, I grew up on a soccer field. My dad started strike force and stuff. Strike so force. I, yeah, so I, so yeah. I grew up on a soccer field. Um, and I knew at a young age that I wanted to, uh, to work in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was about 12, 13, um, I went to Soccer Tom Mulroy, guy that ran Copa Latina. Yeah, we got to get, get him on this show. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he'd love it. He'd love it. And, um, and I got Soccer Tom, and I said, Soccer Tom, I want to I wanna work for you. And, you know, he goes, dude, you're 12 years old. What are you going to do for me? And I go, <laughs> anything. I'll fill up the water coolers, whatever. He goes, how about this? When you're 14 and you're, you can legally work, you give me a call. And uh, and the day I turned 14, I called him. I go, hey, Soccer Tom, I'm 14. When do I start? (laughs) And so so it just just, uh, snowballed from there. I, you know, helped him at all his events, you know, Mm -hmm. international games. I I, I mean, I I think it's fair to say that I've done every job at a stadium except for cut the grass. (laughs) You know, I've worked locker rooms. I've been a ball boy. I've done the stats. I've done everything at a stadium except cut the grass, basically. Wow, dude. Dude, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. So you, um, so you, you kind of just went right into working for the game, as opposed to being like a high level player or anything like that. You were just working for soccer. Yeah. No, no, I, I never. You know, I mean, my highlights are high school soccer. Okay. When it comes to playing, you know, okay. I, I definitely played with a lot of high level guys, guys that played yeah. at in MLS and and guys that are in college scholarships and stuff. But mm-hmm. I just. Uh, I never had the uh, the talent or the height. I mean, I'm a midget, bro. I'm five foot eight, you know. Five foot eight yeah, people yeah. don't don't get to go to the next level unless you're messy. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, bro. So one thing I mean, we've had some brief conversations, and every time we speak, you're like in something else. Like you're always doing something when it comes to soccer, and you're plugged into so many different outlets when it comes to not just Miami soccer, but internationally. Can you tell everyone like what are the different things that you're doing right now? What I know is that you run a league in Miami. So if you ever played in Miami-Dade Soccer League. 
You know about that. If you ever played in the, uh, what was the other name of the league? Oh, I, I help out with the Dade Youth the Soccer Dade League. The Dade Youth Soccer League, yeah. yeah. I help them out as well. This is the guy yeah. that does all the schedules for all that. Um, and then I know you've done some stuff with CONCACAF. Yeah. Which is, explain to everyone what CONCACAF so, is. So basically, um, so I, I kind of basically a subcontractor. I work for a bunch of different companies doing okay. different events. Um, so CONCACAF is the, uh, the, the basically in charge of all the professional soccer that's okay. handled in the region of the Caribbean, uh, North, mm-hmm. North Central America and the Caribbean. And, uh, they have a, you know, they have a champions league just like they do in Europe. That's uh-huh. for the teams of this area. And, uh, one of the things I do is, uh, the company that they hire to do all the stadium branding for them, you know, do set up the, the player walkways, mm-hmm. the press conference and stuff, the company that. CONCACAF hires to do that hires me to go out to these small islands and kind of set that up for them oh, that's pretty cool so man. so I go to different different um, and, and you know I've been lucky I go to different islands and set up different different uh, events but I've been lucky like uh, in 2018 um, I was at the semi-final and final of the Champions League uh, they were in Toronto that year what? and I uh, and they sent me to Toronto to, to manage that and that was a good one so I never I'd never been to the Champions League final before so that was cool to, yeah, to watch that the actual like Champions well, League well no no our of, uh, Champions, Champions Cup. That, what is that one? The, the Champions Cup of Concacaf. No, it's just called the Concacaf Champions League. I don't know. I didn't even know that existed. It's just the the, the bigger nations within Concacaf. No, it's everybody. Own. They have. I, I like. I went to. Uh, I went to Haiti not too long ago. You go to a bunch of different places. I've gone to the Dominican Republic and. And so they they, have, qu- they qualify people into that. Yeah, yeah it's the same as the regular Champions League in Europe. You know, or Copa Libertadores oh, in I see. South America. Oh, I see. I see. They what take you're the top now. two or three yeah, countries, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and who they, won it last year? Um, well, the year in 2018, the winner was um, Chivas. Okay. Okay. I don't know who won uh, this year's event. Uh, uh, it was a, it was a Mexican team, and I forgot who the final was. I know the MLS teams got knocked out in the semis, and I really? forgot who the two. Yeah, once the MLS teams get knocked out, I kind of yeah, I kind of stop paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Has I'm an always... MLS team ever won? We haven't. The closest we got was Toronto in 2018, Whoa. that lost in penalties to Chivas. To Chivas. <laughs> yeah. And you know that's a theme in itself, hmm. like Mexican teams beating American teams, and even our national team. Like yeah. Mexico dominating the U.S. Like, yeah. Can you, you give know. some insight into, uh, like, how come right now Mexican soccer is dominating U.S. soccer? I mean, <laughs> like, like, what do you what do you think? Like, well, first off, it's been a the, while now. The first you know? thing is they eat, sleep, and breathe soccer. We don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we we practice. Tuesday and Thursday from seven to eight, yeah. and if your coach is not standing there, then you don't play, and that is what uh, that is what we do, and that's why we're gonna always be behind everybody. Wow. Okay, un- until our kids start going on their own to mm. the parks mm. and start playing with their friends. Yeah, we will never catch up to Mexico, or f- like forget Mexico, we'll never catch up to Argentina or Brazil or Spain or anybody else because in those countries you eat, sleep, and breathe soccer. Mm. In our country. We're only allowed to play when there's an adult present mm. and the grass is perfectly cut mm, yeah. and the goals are perfectly aligned and yeah. there's three referees and, you know, we have all these yeah. these rules and stuff. And, you know, what happened to the kid just getting the ball, going to the park and playing with his friends? Um, they do that in basketball. They do that in football. Yeah. And we can't figure that out in soccer. Yeah. And I, I just don't get it. It's crazy. We have this organized model of playing soccer. You pay. Mm-hmm. And the coach, your parent does, and you're a kid, yeah. and then you and then you go and you show up and you play, and you play twice a week, and then you have a game, and that's it. And it's this great like business model setup, but then kids aren't touching the ball on Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday if they're practicing Tuesday and yeah. Thursday. 
And like, see, it affects the whole country, bro. It like, does. it's a serious problem. I, I don't with have it. an issue with the pay-to-play model in the sense that, you know, if clubs are providing a service, mm-hmm. it's not cheap. Renting yeah. a field is not cheap. Yeah. You know, having... So it's not cheap. And I understand that they have expenses. Most of these clubs, it's not like you have people becoming millionaires off yeah. these clubs, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people that only work in soccer usually are barely making ends meet. Mm-hmm. So they gotta have another job and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't, you know. So the pay to play is not something I'm against. What I'm against is the fact that, and it starts with the parents more than the coaches. Mm-hmm. Where, like, if I'm not at soccer practice, the soccer button's turned off in the back of your head. Yeah. Where really, what you got to do is, especially if you want your kid to succeed and stuff, you got to go. You know, the days you don't have practice. It, go take them to the park kick the ball around or you know what let them go into the back of your house and kick the ball against the wall yeah you know like yeah what happens is is that we let our kids play video games on monday wednesday friday mm-hmm. and then we only worry about soccer tuesday thursday saturday yeah. for an hour each day yeah yeah no you're yeah. not going to get anything when you do that if you spend yeah. three hours a day on mm-hmm. video games mm-hmm. and three hours a week on soccer which one is gonna you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and, and you're and you're talking for like the competitive soccer player, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're in it for recreational, like, all right, like go twice a week. Yeah. And that's and it. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. But if, if you're if you're wanting to be on the national team, if you're wanting to really up your game yeah. and maybe even play even college soccer, yeah. right? Whatever it is, it needs to be part of your like culture, your identity, yeah. like what you're doing day in and day out in order to make it. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I know you've had friends and I had friends and at, at a time I was like that too where we would play like after school for like four hours bro like i was slacking on homework just wanting a ball dude you yeah. know i'm just wanting to play because that's where for some reason i feel like that's where the genius comes out like oh, the yeah. inner genius and you try moves yeah. you try tricks um so i don't know I, I wonder if a lot of these kids on our national team like have the, even that background or if they were just like academy players that got went in through the ranks you know what i mean but do they bleed it bro because when i watch mexico play usa bro these guys look like savages bro i'll tell you and our kids look like little boys dog i'll tell you this and 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 then this is uh something that i'll never forget i forget what world cup cycle this was um but this was against jamaica Mm -hmm. in jamaica us was playing jamaica I mean, just to think how old this was, Landon Donovan was on the team and Jurgen Klinsmann wasn't the coach yet, okay? So this was pre-2014 World Cup. This was probably qualifying for 2010. Mm -hmm. We're playing Jamaica, and a Jamaican guy takes out Landon. And when I tell you takes him out, like, it was one, it was, it was bad. It takes him out. Yeah. And the guy, they, they both combined, they collided, they both fell. It was clearly a foul on the Jamaican. The ref called the foul instantly, and... You see that Landon Donovan hops up and is ready to play. And the Jamaican guy, the one that committed the foul, is still rolling on the floor, doing the whole gamesmanship routine. And and I think that's like when you say, like, do they love it? Do they say that? I think our guys kind of just kind of like see it as a job. And they don't oh. they don't like it's it's not ingrained in their blood like it is in other countries oh. where they get that. Like, you know, they do that. Those like those dirty tricks yeah. here and there where, you know, I mean, yeah. just, to give you, just to take it to the That's next cool, example, dude. just I to like take that. it to the next example. I like that. You know, that was the 2010 qualifying qualifying for 2018. We didn't make it, you yeah. know. Yeah. OK, so the last game is in Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. OK, there was a rainstorm before. OK, so. The day before, when there's practices, there's there's a water along the outside of the field. Uh-huh. Our, players, <laughs> our players were getting piggyback rides onto the pitch because they didn't want to wet their feet in the water. Oh, gosh. When I saw that, 
I go, dude, we're fucked tomorrow. Excuse my French. Yeah, it's you know? fine, dude. It's fine. Yeah. Explicit. You yeah. know, like, it's like, yeah, like, I said, I saw that and I go, oh, man, we're going to have a hard time tomorrow. Our guys don't want to get their they foot wet. What, they, I mean, I mean, literally, you have to walk three feet across the water. You couldn't, it's a little puddle. Sissies, bro. You know? Yeah. yeah. And that, that's But it's a, it, it's a product, like, that whole example, like, comes back to when you're nine years old playing in the street, bro. Yes. You know, and I know the games and society's changed since, like, the 80s and 90s, but... And, and nations are different like their socioeconomic yeah. status like but you can still play like on a basketball court bro you can go play like anywhere like where yeah. there can be adults there still but there needs to be like a constant love for the game yeah. because then you learn those little tricks bro yeah this passion I don't feel our players have the passion that no. they do in other places you know no. and don't get me wrong I, you know I, I, I'm on a, the field every weekend and I can pick the kids that I see that have that passion mm -hmm. because you see it they're the kids that spend the whole day at the park with yeah. the ball at their feet yeah. you know what I yeah, mean yeah, they're yeah, there yeah, with yeah. their brother's game they're there for their sister's game uh -huh. yeah and then and then they 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 stay for you know yeah for for you know for for their friends game and they're yeah. there the whole day and they're begging yeah. their parent hey no I don't want to go I don't want to go yeah those are the kids I'm talking about even the even the way they receive the ball like the way they they touch it like the way it comforts on their foot it's yeah. like they've been doing this so long at, yeah and they're so young yeah you know what I mean it's just no, that that sure. inner instinct of like yeah like I have so, this and 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 I, I I think more kids need that you know mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. that's one of you know one of the things that that I feel that. You know, and again, to me, that that starts at home. Mm. You know, it's not um, it's it's not. You know, your coach can help you with that. Yeah. But your parent kind of needs to to lay the groundwork. You know, mm. and kind of needs to also show you that support. Your parents gotta go. It can't be hey, like, don't go what? there. Don't yeah. go do yeah. that. Yeah. Like, your parent also at the same time, like, listen, don't get me wrong. I love to play video games. I'm a mm -hmm. video game guy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But though, there's a time for video games and there's a time to be outside. Yeah. And I, I see it, you know, it, with a lot of the youth in mm -hmm. today, including youth that, that, you know, that are close to me, that they spend way too much time staring at a phone, staring yeah. at a tablet, and yeah. not enough time being outside. Yeah. And I think that as just a society... A general, aside from just, soccer, just like a general... Yeah. Like, I always yeah. tell people, when I have friends that, you know, I have a lot... Of, I'm old now, so I got friends with kids and yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, some play soccer, some don't. And every time that one of my buddies goes, oh, yeah, no, he's not playing soccer anymore. She's not playing soccer anymore. The first thing I go is, what sport did you put them in? Mm -hmm. Because I'm a firm believer. You don't have to play soccer. Like, whenever I have kids, you yeah. know... I'm not going to force my kid to play soccer. I'll try to guide them in that way. Mm -hmm. But you can guarantee yourself that they will be forced to play some type of sport or activity. They will be forced to do that. Mm -hmm. it will not, I will not force them to do a soccer. But, mm -hmm. you know, okay, cool. You don't want to do soccer. So what are we going to do? We're going to do volleyball. We're going to do baseball. You know, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. you have to do something that keeps you active. Because yeah. I will not, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that, that continues this uh what I consider bad influencing of the kids and yeah. getting them used to being staring at a screen. Yeah. I just don't like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel that we're heading in the right direction mm -hmm. with our kids. In mm -hmm. that. So taking it from a from like a general like national level and then bringing it like home, like right here, you know, to the city of Miami. Um, thinking about these problems that affect our national team, um, what do you see happening in Miami? Right, because here here's my thing is and i don't know i think i've said this on other podcasts is miami has never produced like an actual player with lots of caps that's on the men's or women's national team 
I don't count Alejandro Bedoya. He's not a Miami kid. I don't, you know, count some of these other guys that are from Broward. I mean, like, <clears throat> Dade County never happened. So, obviously, like, there's a crap load of talent here. But something's not connecting with Miami yeah. and the soccer federation or something's happening with the coaches or parents or players that we're not able to produce a lot of talent into these national camps, bro. Well, I, I do want to say this. Um, well, well, first off, I don't consider our area to be Miami. I don't think that's fair. Miami's small. Miami is really, mm-hmm. if we're being technical, Miami is downtown. You know, mm-hmm. it's Little Havana, and that's Miami. Okay. I consider our area South Florida. So I okay. do consider Alejandro Bedoya to be one of us. I know he's not a Dade County uh-huh. guy, uh-huh. but he's part of our soccer community. Because why? Because he grew up playing, you know, we grew in up West playing against Weston. Yeah. You know what I mean? He grew mm-hmm. up playing in the same leagues that our mm-hmm. kids grew up in, yeah. playing against the same comp. So I consider him one of ours. Okay. You know, I and me personally, I, and I, I know other people may not not agree yeah. but i, I mm-hmm. just consider that to me south florida soccer is one mm-hmm. it's i don't i don't yeah. believe in that imagine i mean just to give you another example just to take it to one side inter miami will only be successful mm-hmm. if dade broward and palm beach county support it mm. okay why because we're one you know mm-hmm. what i mean the dolphins dade broward and palm beach county support mm-hmm. them you know mm-hmm. and it's the same and in, in, in i i feel that you know i i look at kind of us us as a market not necessarily three individual counties yeah yeah if that makes any Got sense it. no i'm just i'm about like yeah. like miami in the sense like 305 bro like dade you know mm-hmm. that's what i mean and, and then because that's to, what i represent myself yeah. you know what i and mean and then to take it one step further on why somebody in dade in particular i think i you know look again these are going to be just my opinions yeah so they don't you know i think that one of the issues that our kids in dade might have and again uh-huh. these are just my opinions yeah. is that I feel that there are too many um, English coaches in um, the upper levels, you know, of the game that, you know, pick and choose, you know, and not even necessarily just English, just guys with European influence. Got it. And our our guys in South Florida, we play very Latin because Mm. we're Latin influenced. Yeah. Interesting. So I feel that that might be the biggest Hurdle. Interesting. Yeah. Not not necessarily talent, just style of play. Yeah. yeah we just absolutely. play a different style than what they're necessarily looking for. And and, yeah. and I said English, and I don't mean English. I mean European in general, because I yeah. think English, German, you know, a lot yeah. of that is very similar. Yeah. So I just mean the European influence. European model. It, it Interesting, is, bro. Interesting. Is what keeps. I know, like, uh, a lot of my friends that played high level club in Dade, they uh, went up to colleges in the north uh-huh. and weren't as successful. Because of this height factor and because of like a more direct approach to soccer, and they kind of just got discouraged and just kind of fizzled out, you know. Mm-hmm. And that happens to a lot of a lot of players that, that leave Miami, yeah. You see them in the wave like coming back, uh huh. I'm, I'm one of them too, or they just stopped playing, or yeah. they got into other things, yeah. Right? No, and, and I, I, I've seen that too. I know I have a lot of friends that went <laughs> yeah. and, and went to play at different schools and D1, yeah, D1. But at the same time, you know, we've also had a lot of good players come out of here. You know, we had guys that played in MLS. Two guys I played with, Albert yeah. Munoz, Eric Vasquez. Uh-huh. They both played in MLS. Uh-huh. Albert with Tampa, uh-huh. Eric with Columbus. Yeah. We had Luchi Gonzalez. Exactly, you know, that, yeah. that he played in MLS. He yeah. played in the first division in Peru. Yeah. Now he's coaching an MLS team. Absolutely, You know what bro. I mean? I, th- I think Luchi probably is the uh, the oh, gold yeah. standard at this Absolutely, moment, you know? Absolutely, bro. That guy When it comes really to, to South Florida soccer. Dude. Yeah, so, you West know. Kendall, dude. Uh, no, no, Strikeforce, buddy. 
Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Really? Please, please, strike force. Dude, okay. Let me let Luchi. me. Let me edit that for the, <laughs> yeah, for the yeah. podcast. Please, bro. please, don't. Uh, I thought he make was Make sure West I need Kendall, a correction dog, here. No, I, no, I no. West Kendall, no. Uh, Christian, his younger brother, uh, was uh, oh, West Kendall. Oh, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, that's Christian, what it was. Christian okay, was West okay. Kendall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but Albert's Luchi. Albert's older one. Al- Albert is my age, and he w- he played strike force most of his life. Uh, towards the end, um, he went over to play for Miami Lakes. Um, you know, his last couple years. Uh, but he he was born and bred in Strike Force, so. and he's coaching at FC Dallas. No, no, the one coaching at FC Dallas is Lucci. Is Lucci? Yeah, yeah Lucci. And Lucci. Albert. No, Albert's just a you know okay. he's just a local. He you know he was a local kid that grew, grew I think up, he played for Tampa for Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. He played for yeah, Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. He drafted right out of high school. You we know? we have had talent. Like I don't want to come yeah. across as somebody that's like we're not producing stuff. I just mean like every I, every year I go to the national team and look at all the cities that they're from, and you yeah. see a lot of California. You see a lot of uh, Washington. Yeah. Uh, you, you even see like Texas a lot, and then you have like North Carolina, maybe those upper northern states, and that's it, bro. All right, but and, I'm and gonna it's... give you now. Now let's. I'm gonna expand it a little bit further. Those places you just mentioned, California, Texas. You mm-hmm. know what they have that we don't have? Mm. Fields. Mm. Okay. When you so go to this Texas, this is another big topic for everybody so listening, every, every, bro. Every every <laughs> club in Texas. Miami. You know, you go to a club in Texas, they got. A complex with 15, yeah. 20 fields on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and I know this because I've gone through Texas doing clinics with with Adidas, you know, doing yeah. a tour through Texas every year. Yeah. Every complex you go to, they got 15, 20 fields, you know? And yeah. then on top of that, and that's the ones that each club runs. Yeah. Then the cities have their own complexes wow. that have 25 plus fields wow. where the clubs that don't have their own individual yep. can go in there and rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what happens is is that they have land. We don't have land in Dade County. That's another thing. If you look at Dade County versus Broward, clubs in Broward have fields. Yeah. We don't have fields. Yeah. Okay? The yeah. only two complexes we have with fields Kendall don't belong to a park. club. Yeah. You know? That's so true. Because Kendall yeah. Soccer Park, and what's the other complex? Uh, Amelia Her Park. Amelia Her Park. And yeah. One has five and one has six fields. But actual clubs. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real quick. No problem. When do you need, what ones do you need knocked out? As far as pulled, those two mm-hmm. for tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And the other ones are fine for right now. And we are at Soccer Locker Team Uniforms, as we said. So, no, that's all good, bro. So, no, no, it's all good. So we're just keeping it. We're just keeping it really real out here, yeah, man. You know, sometimes we gotta work, guys. <laughs> Uh, we're sitting in the back at the at the warehouse, man, hanging out. Um, but yeah, field space like the only two fields are are Amelia Hart Park yeah. and Kendall Soccer Park. If you're listening, you probably have some association with them because we use yeah. them the most, and their grass is starting to die, even though it's turf. Well, I mean, one. we don't have yeah, yeah. One, but the turf is dying. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we destroy Kendall Soccer Park. We use it so much. So the actual only like there are no actual clubs, certified clubs in Miami that have their own. Field. I know Coral States has like one eleven no, field. And, that's and it. Strike Force. Yeah. We have the the small field. And you know, three we have a bunch Park. of yeah, three lakes Park. Yeah. We have a bunch of small little kid. U nine, U twelve. Exactly. Fields, you know? But but complexes. Yeah. Fields. We don't have. It, we don't bro. have those complexes. So and the true. two that we have, we share them. Yeah. We don't. Nobody has them. Yeah. So we got to go in there and you know before you know you know since I schedule the leagues. Yeah. I, I kind of know how this works. So uh-huh. you know we have all of these clubs. They go to KSP. For instance, before uh-huh. the season starts, and they all kind of like negotiate with each other. Okay, you have it from this time to this time. I have it from this time Dude. to this time, and they negotiate the field space. Wow. You know, wow. and, and it's like, and, and it's sad because if you sit there and 
you know, we most of us play under FYSA. Yeah. If you go and you look at the FYSA state final fours, more than half the teams come from South Florida. Yeah. But we don't got fields. But we don't even have fields, bro. We don't have fields. Imagine if we had, we were like Region C, which is the Orlando, Bradenton, yeah, Tampa. That had an unlimited had the, amount of pasture. On. <laughs> yeah, imagine we were those people. Yeah. And we had the amount of fields. I mean, we, a lot of problem, teams don't even practice with a goal every practice. Yeah. You know? No. Or they got to share it. A lot of teams. I got to build my own goal on the how spot. How about this? A lot of teams don't have half a field to practice in. Yeah, dude. I mean, the poor kids at Pinecrest, they got a, they got four teams practicing on one field. Everybody gets a quarter of a field. I mean, those poor kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like, a city. It's, and, it's hard. And, and, it's, and it's tough because the interest level is growing so much in Miami mm-hmm. with soccer. And the field yeah. space is not. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Inter Miami builds that massive like field yeah. stuff. I don't that, know who has access the, to it, but I mean, yeah, that's that's one of the hopes. I mean, that that if they do get that that land, that they're mm-hmm. able to build some fields. And you know what? Even if they can't get that land, here's the hoping that they can work with the county mm-hmm. and try to come up with something to help the youth soccer clubs whatever yeah. it may be yeah, you know what man. i mean something yeah you know may, maybe you know and, and it'd be great because we that's the one thing that nobody has here in south yeah, florida that's Fields. so true that's so true it's the one thing if you you're know? if you're a, if you're an investor and you're listening uh, and you want to make some serious coin build a soccer complex in south florida yeah and you will generate massive income <laughs> side note side yeah, note. yeah everybody will come to you but you said something um interesting when you said inner miami and that's a pretty hot topic right now when it comes to miami soccer so mm-hmm. inner miami bro like when you heard about this, how excited were you? And what do you think is going to happen? Uh, it was kind of like back and forth for a little bit, but now it's 100%. What, yeah. do, you see, what do you see coming, man? Because this, this for me is going to change a lot of things. I mean, look, um, when it first got announced, I mean, we're talking six years ago. When it yeah, was first exactly, bro, exactly. You know, when Beckham was on that stage, yeah. you know, I, I, I was happy. And then as the years dragged on, I kind of thought that, hey, this isn't going to happen. And and I think that, you know, I, I'm going to thank Derek Jeter because if it wasn't for Derek Jeter buying the Marlins, the Moss family would not be interested in the MLS team because wow, the Moss family was the, the person that Jeter beat out for the, the Marlins. Yeah. You know, maybe they would still be interested, but I, I don't yeah. I don't necessarily nah, think they would not. be. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm very thankful to Derek Jeter. Um, and uh, and I think that the Moss family has been a great partner. Um, mm-hmm. They're Miami. Through and through. Yeah. The Mass family is Miami. Yeah. So, again, this is all just opinions of mine. I believe that they're going to go out of their way to make sure that Miami is a shining light when yep. it comes to MLS. Because it's not just – they're not just representing Miami. They're representing their family. They're, yeah, and I, and exactly. I And I believe that the Mass family cares a lot about the city and how the city is viewed. Uh, so, I, I think that they're going to go out of their way to uh, – to make sure that that we look good. What a great mix, them. though. Like you have these these like, I don't know if they're even billionaires yet, but multi millionaires, mm-hmm. the Moss family, yeah, that are like came from nothing, and then you have this European supermodel, former like, incredible mm-hmm. soccer star, yeah, m- mixing. No, and, and then you, you know put what? in the mix the the Japanese guy, and you're missing, and you're forgetting you miss, Marcelo, uh, Marcelo Clara, another one. He came and you from. You just he have this quadrant empire of Marce- greatness, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah. I was sitting at Graziano's like a few months ago and they walked in and I was like holy shit it's them dude and yeah. you just felt like the energy from that table and they were just uh-huh. meeting and discussing like I guess the whole thing yeah. but I went up and I was like and you just felt like the energy 
of them and it was incredible i feel like it's a great thing that's happening in this city man um i do too man I, i'm really excited um i i can't wait till they start you know I, I do hope they get they can figure out that complex with the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too happy with the way the city's treating them. I think the city um, is still hurting from the bad deal they gave the Marlins. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to make uh, Inter-Miami pay for that. Yeah. And that, to me, that's not how you do business. You know, yeah. you made a mistake the first time. Cool. You know, uh-huh. but don't make the next guy pay for your mistake because, yeah. again, it was your mistake. Yeah. You know, this guy is trying to invest a billion dollars in your city. Mm. Um, don't give it to him for free. But find a way so that it works for mm-hmm. both the city and the person that's trying to invest a billion dollars in your city. I mean, that's yeah, just the way I, yeah. I look at it, that's you know? That's valid. That's valid. So, in 1997, we had the Miami Fusion, and yeah. they had a great run for what it was worth, and they brought in a lot of quality players, and suddenly it collapsed and died. Why wouldn't that happen to Inner Miami, and what could they do different? Uh, here's the biggest difference, the owner. Um, give you a little brief background on uh, on the, the gentleman that owned the uh, the Miami Fusion. Um, so the gentleman that owned Miami Fusion, I, I forget exactly what it was, but he sold some type of uh, cell phone or telecom business that he had created for, okay. for a bunch of money, um, yeah. for stacks of money. So after he had sold this, he a friend of his invited him to what he thought was an MLS game. But what happened was at the time, this was before some... This was before, uh, you know, before all the, 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 the companies now, Relevant Sports, that are putting all the big international games in the U.S. Yeah. This was before that time. So this was uh, the early days of MLS where any random guy, you know, like Soccer Tom and yeah. myself, we would put an international game together. So there was this big game in New York. It was, and I forget who it was. It was Liverpool somebody. You know, it was mm-hmm. two big teams from Europe. Mm-hmm. And what happened was is that after that game, there was an MLS game. So everybody came for the European teams, not for the MLS teams. So this this guy, you know, Horowitz goes to this game <laughs> and he sees all these people here in this game and he's like, "Oh my god, like all these people are here to watch an MLS team. Let me how do I buy into this?" you know, <laughs> thinking that so there's 80,000 fat vodka and a steak and he <laughs> yeah. signs a pen and yeah. he just goes, <laughs> "Yeah, so you know, so he sees, you know, and he, he he's confused, you know? So, you know, the the, the fusion starts and just to give an idea, the the original season ticket package cost more than season tickets for the Dolphins. You're you're a first time team in a first time league. Your league existed for two years. How are you charge more than the Dolphins? <laughs> you know. And so basically, it was just one blunder after another. Yeah. And I, I think when it all boiled down to this guy, either ran out of money, or realized that he wasn't gonna make money or something. Yeah. Again, that was the early days of MLS where there wasn't some Soccer United Marketing. I don't know yeah. if you know what Soccer United Marketing uh-uh. is. So Soccer United Marketing is the marketing arm for MLS. So the Mexico tour that goes around in the US, mm-hmm. that's put on by Soccer United Marketing. Uh, the Gold Cup that CONCACAF runs, Soccer United Marketing is the one that handles the commercial aspects. Got it. US Soccer, Soccer United Marketing handles all their uh, television rights and stuff like that. So it's basically the the big marketing arm for major league soccer and you know obviously it's a private company so all their books are closed but based on the fact that people keep willing to shell out 300 million dollars to own an mls team i'm willing to say that the money mls teams are losing is being made back and some Mm -hmm. with no pun intended with the company some yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good you know because because just the way you know i just don't see people investing that amount of money into a, into a business that 
then it's yeah. losing money. Yeah, you understand exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. So there has to be some trade off there where they are actually making money somehow. Interesting, bro. So mm. interesting. And yeah. again, these are just my opinions. I don't. No, none of this yeah, is facts. Man. I just. I always like to clarify no, that these are yeah, opinions, yeah. not facts. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's important for 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 listening on a podcast or listening in, in life. Like yeah. whenever someone speaks, yeah. they speak from their experiences, their perceptions, and yeah. they are never absolute truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not. Yeah, yeah, these are my opinions. Yeah, exactly, bro. Because we can have thirty different people on the same topic, and you, mm-hmm. none of them would all agree. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, exactly. It's the same yeah. with politics, religion anything yeah, bro yeah, whatever it is yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean um but quality thoughts man quality thoughts um yeah i just want to want to wrap up with you here and, and respect uh one another's time uh i think those are great thoughts though about the fusion bro and inner miami because it, it really boils down to leadership yeah honestly and uh in any in any type of setting, and, and i do company. think we got the right leaders with our team now yeah. I, I do believe because our, our leaders they care about the city yeah. and that's what matters to me yeah. they care about the city and the people in the city yeah. and i think that makes for good ownerships i you know when you bring in owners like look steven ross he's a new yorker yeah and he owns the dolphins he just yeah. cares about making money he doesn't care about our community yeah i hate to say it mickey Harrison, he cares about our community yeah you know what i mean um this knucklehead that just left from the marlins that sold his team he wasn't from our community yeah loria he wasn't from our community yeah. that's you the know, thing man. That, he it's, killed for our community he yeah. came in we bought, we built him a stadium and made him a billionaire. Yeah, you know that's the thing, man. Is that's what I'm about, and and it's the local people because we Miami for me has its own energy that's unique from mm-hmm. every other city in the United oh. States, bro. Hands down. You know what I mean, bro? There's something I about it that mean. separates it, and that's why. I mean, why are we one of the last teams to, to MLS teams, you know? Why are we one of the last cities? There's yeah. something here that's different. Yeah. And all these different points that we're bringing up is, is, and that's why I wanted to start the, the podcast as well, because there's so many different voices, there's so much talent, but there's there's lacking some some unity, some togetherness, some there's something that's not enabling us to like shoot forward. And hopefully the team does it for us, mm. but it's gonna come from the people as well that make this, this team mm. a reality and that change Miami soccer for the good because there's so much potential here wouldn't you say bro like gosh bro it's such a a vibrant city dude there is but i I will tell you this you say miami is different and it is i always tell people when i you know i I travel a bit when around the around the country and people ask me about miami and this and that i go yeah man this this city's awesome but just one thing it's not like the rest of the u.s you need your passport to come into miami (laughs) okay if you don't have a passport don't come to miami because miami is different man you're gonna go to burger king and they're gonna talk to you in spanish not english (laughs) it's so true but i think everybody can attest to that uh, Mm -hmm. when they when they come through here um danny so just a a few like quick questions for you man uh let's do let's do a little lightning round close up close up bro just uh Uh real short answers (laughs) keep them short i'll ask them and um and we'll go from there. We'll wrap it up. So, favorite soccer player? Oof, Mateos. Both are Mateos. Favorite South American team? Le River Plate. Oh, dude. Yeah. Some people just paused. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And I was there. I was there in November with the game that never happened when, uh, oh, when the yeah, bus yeah, got attacked. Yeah, I was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um player that you would love to see be the superstar for inter miami you know what uh obviously messi come on yeah yeah, yeah that's easy okay yeah and okay. i'm not a barcelona fan <laughs> <laughs> okay so him over ronaldo that's interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. uh favorite uh, soccer memory that you've ever had uh at the professional level like 
watching a game or being part of a game? Because I know you've had a lot of experience. Best memory. All right. I, it's hard to n- nail it into like one specific moment. So I'm going to n- n- put it in six weeks. So in 2015, I worked in the, uh, I, I, I managed uh, a lot of the sponsor accounts for the Copa America in Chile. So I went and I, I lived in Chile for two months. Wow. And I worked with an amazing group of nine people. And I mean, I'd say the six weeks that I spent with them, working with them and the hardships we had and the bond we had. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's unlike any other to this day. I mean, it's been four years. And to this day, we all keep in touch. We wow. talk regularly. And uh, and we all live in different countries, just wow, to give an idea. Bro. Okay, I'm the only one. Well, me and another guy live in the U.S. Uh-huh. Uh, the the majority of them live in Brazil. Wow. In all different cities in Brazil. So it it was uh, and we all keep in touch still Incredible, regularly. Bro. And it was okay to say I, it's hard to give one profession, but that that whole summer yeah. was just amazing, and Dude. it was it worked with an amazing group of people. Incredible, bro. <laughs> Incredible. I love stories like that, man. Um, and then the last question is. Uh, best memory growing up in Miami when it comes to soccer? Best memory growing up in Miami when it comes to soccer. All right. So, again, I'm old. So, <laughs> older than most. So, I'm going to throw a random one out there. And it. only old people know this. <laughs> Favorite memory going to a Miami Sharks game at Ted Hendricks Stadium in the 80s. Damn, all right, where I met Nene Cubillas and Tab Ramos. What? All right, so <laughs> it, it, that's how old I am, Damn, guys. <laughs> Put it out there, bro. That's Put how old there. I am. Love all it. Right? Love it. I got love pictures it. of that with me and Nene and me and Tab. Dude, yeah. you represent, bro. Yeah. I love Nene, dude. Yeah. Um, and just, just an extra added bonus answer there yeah. you asked me my favorite all-time player yeah which was lothar yeah my favorite all-time american player hands down tab ramos tab ramos bro. it's not even close wow wow yeah, yeah. He, he was a legend in the game bro. yeah all right awesome, most dude. painful thing i ever watched was that elbow he <laughs> 1994 bro <laughs> that is the most painful thing i've ever watched but hands down <laughs> my favorite if you american don't know player. what we're talking about just go to youtube and type yeah. in tab ramos elbow yeah <laughs> just type in those three words you may only need to type in tab ramos and it, it already because <laughs> awesome. that was vicious <laughs> oh, awesome danny hey man it was a pleasure having you on this show man right. and uh we'll send this out to a lot of people i know would love yeah. to hear it man cool so. man yeah no it was a pleasure being on uh look forward to it and um and and yeah man thanks appreciate yeah, it and uh yeah, big uh big uh, say a big hello to your pops and he's always a good guy always yeah, look forward to talking to him for all right? sure man absolutely man all see right. you brother take Later. care man bye